Who would have thought we'd be so unsatisfied with a 16-point win over the New England Patriots? But here we are. A lot to take away from a surprise Monday night football game. Your Kansas City Chiefs win at home against New England Patriots 26-10. to Lots to unpack with this football game. And here to help me do it are my dear pals. First find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane. Hello, my friend. Hello, Kent. I, I'm getting used to these weird intros that you do. I'm accepting of them, but I would like you to get back to the bread and butter next time. Please, for me, I will not. do me this favor. But I'm very satisfied with this win. It wasn't pretty, but I'm pretty satisfied. I'm I'm not upset by this one. I think there's going to be some fans out there that are that are not happy that this didn't build on what the Chiefs did versus the Ravens, but it happens. I think this was a good win for the Chiefs to get. I'm plenty happy with it. It was a weird game to watch, but I'm happy with it, and I think my dear pal Craig Stout, find him on Twitter sometimes, at Barley Hop. How did you think about the game? It was ugly, it was sloppy, and it's a 16-point win that the defense played pretty well, so I'm very happy with that performance. I know that the offense... Could have probably played better. I know everybody kind of expected a little more of a blowout here, but sometimes this is what Bill Belichick does to you, and I'm, I'm pleased with the Chief victory here. The 4-0 set a record for most consecutive seasons at 4-0. Can't be mad about that. First team in the National Football League history to go 4-0 in four straight seasons. Quite an op- Just quite, quite an accomplishment there, and that's, a, you know, Three-fourths of that's been Patrick LeVon Mahomes. I think there's a correlation there. Uh, we've got a lot to t- talk about the offense. We're going to start with the defense, though. I think the defense has earned their due. They had... This is how you know where Kent's head's at, by the way. The fact that we are starting with the defense, this is how you know exactly where Kent's head is at <laughs> after this game. Hey, look, normally you play the hits. And when you have the best player in the world, you got to play the hits. I don't want to play the hits tonight. I've listened to that Coldplay <laughs> album too many times. It's time to talk about something else. I don't know why I went with Coldplay. But Craig, pretty opportunistic defense tonight. Yeah, horrendously opportunistic defense against some poor, poor quarterback play. I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback take a sack with no timeouts in that situation at the end of a half in – my life that wasn't like a rookie or a college player, like a veteran of Brian Hoyer's, you know, stay in the NFL, taking that sack is just absolutely inexcusable. I think you saw some poor passes thrown. I just think just overall, the quarterback play was awful and the chiefs defense made them pay for that. Yes. I know the yards per carry numbers are going to look bad. I know that the Patriots moved the ball, especially in the second half, really well there. But I, I'm i very proud of the Chiefs' defense. Frank Clark, Taco Charlton coming up with big sacks. Juan Thornhill, Tyron Matthew coming up with big picks. Rashad Fenton as well having a big day. I just think that these are the sorts of games that you kind of need some of that. When things are going wrong, you need somebody to step up and make a play. We saw the Chiefs defense step up multiple times today and make plays. It's tricky when you're going to play a Patriots team or any football team that has a quarterback change so late in the process 
this is clearly was not the same game plan the Patriots would have if Cam Newton was healthy. So the Chiefs were essentially preparing for an unknown for the second time this year from the opposition's offensive playbook. They had nothing to base this on except for things they've done in the past with Tom Brady, mixing with a little bit of the things they've done with Cam Newton, but they're just piecing it together. And for the most part, I do think they played pretty well. The run defense gave up some big plays, so did the pass defense at times, but generally speaking, if there was a big play to be made, the Chiefs defense was making them. They were, like we said, opportunistic. They were pretty dynamic. I think the Patriots were able to sustain drives little bit by little bit. They would mix in a big play on in the good way, and the Chiefs defense would mix in a good play in the bad way for the Patriots offense. It was back and forth all over the place. But yeah, like we said, generally speaking, I think it was a good showing by them. They held the team to only 10 points, so it's hard to complain about that. I will say the Patriots offensive line, not great. And the fact that they were able to have this much success running the ball and were able to get off a few more passes than I would like for a team starting, I believe it was two sixth-round draft picks along that offensive line, that was not a great sign. Yeah, uh, Illuminor got out late or late in the first quarter, I believe, and then they were starting two sixth-round picks along the right side of their offensive line. They were only able to generate two sacks. Frank Clark and Taco Charlton both came away. Uh, with which what was interesting is both of them I think were relatively long developing plays as well, so it wasn't like they were exactly beating them off the line of scrimmage. Uh, it was it was more of a kind of a you know effort sacks more or less if you will. Um, so there is definitely some concern there, but some ball production, some very good ball production from this football team. You saw a couple youngsters, Juan Thornhill and Rashad Fenton, both making some plays on a foot on the football. I think both of these two two had really strong games, Maddie. Yeah, this is Juan Thornhill's best game that he's had this season. We talked about it last week. The Chiefs got him moving off the snap a lot more often. They got him coming downhill or sliding one way or the other. And I think those early moves, those things having Thornhill move off the snap rather than initially just kicking back and retreating, trying to read and react, he looked a little bit better. He looked more decisive. He looked more athletic again. This week, that only continued. The interception was really nice to see because that was working backwards, reading the play in front of him. But a lot of his other good plays kind of came when he was coming downhill, asked to be more aggressive, and he was. I still think there's a little bit of hesitation when he's kicking back, trying to read before he cuts laterally, which makes sense given the recovery time from the injury and everything. But he had his best game. The Chiefs need Juan Thornhill to be better going forward as good as he was this week if not better he's a huge part of what they were able to do on defense towards the end of last year's regular season him Tedrick Thompson Tyron Matthew Dan Sorensen that's a fantastic safety room so if you get Thornhill to play at this level consistently and to trust his knee a little bit more you're going to be sitting real pretty I have been saying for two years now that Rashad Fenton is a boundary corner welcome to the breakout game everybody Rashad Fenton boundary corner yes the Patriots wide receivers are not exactly an elite matchup for him or anything like that, but he held his own really, really well. He had a couple pass breakups early. He had a tackle for loss early. They were targeting him heavily, clearly the focus point in the offensive game plan. He did give up a touchdown on a play that he was close on but couldn't bring it in. More than made up for it with that late rotation on the interception. I'm looking forward to seeing the all-22 angle of that. It's very good to get production out of late round picks. 
let alone guys like that. You know, uh, Rashad Fenton is never going to probably be a household name, and he probably won't ever hold down like a cornerback one role in the NFL. But situations like this, the Chiefs need cornerbacks to step up. They need guys to be able to step in and play really well. Rashad Fenton did just that today. So really inspiring things. Makes you feel pretty good because the Chiefs here coming up, the, the Raiders, the Bills are a little bit of bigger matchup for Fenton there, but with Legereus need out, you might be able to hold down the fort for a little while here. And then Rashad Breland's coming back next week. So it's really interesting to see who they're going to slot in where Rashad Fenton definitely held his own today. Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at this football team and you see a 4-0 team that has survived at the cornerback position that the, the way they have, you've got to be thrilled. The Chiefs have not invested much in the quarter, cornerback position historically under Brett Ve- under Brett Veach. They've grabbed a ton of young assets at the cornerback position and they've they've held their own. They won a Super Bowl with minimal investment at cornerback last year. They're doing they're they're 4-0 again with minimal investment at the position again. Still no day 2 picks at the cornerback position or day 1 picks for that matter. Um, but you saw Rashad Fitton, real strong game. Juan Thornhill, real strong game. You like to see that Thornhill getting his legs back underneath him. That's big. And you're right, helps on the way. Bashad Breeland coming back soon. And guess what? Legereus Sneed's season ain't over. A lot to like about that secondary as the season progresses, but they've survived a big, big stretch uh, without a ton of talent at the cornerback position. Um, I think... Craig, we probably need to talk a little bit about the run defense, the run fits, good early, a little less good late. Yeah, that was definitely the case. Anthony Hitchens started this game on a little bit of a heater. Uh, Willie Gay did too. Uh, He looked good getting downhill. Those two guys looked really good. I was excited because the Patriots weren't really moving the ball, and they definitely had a concentrated effort to come out in 21 personnel with a fullback, line up, and pound the rock. That was what they wanted to do. And by and large, through the beginning of the first half there, the Chiefs defense did a good job, particularly for the Chiefs defense there. Mike Pinnell had himself a pretty good game at first watch. Derek Nottie had a pretty good start to the game at first watch. And then it just kind of fell apart. Um, They didn't get much help. Uh poor tackling. Willie Gay obviously still needs some seasoning there. There are a couple times where Anthony Hitchens is having to grab him and move him around. There's definitely lots of communication between those two because he just doesn't understand the motions yet. He doesn't understand where to go just yet. When the the Chiefs kicked to their nickel, it was a big problem against the run. They just didn't have the guys in the fits there, and the Patriots just kept making them pay. Running out of 11 got a lot easier on them as the game went along. Not talking about when the Chiefs were in dime. I'm talking about when they were in nickel. When this game was still a one-score game, they forced the Chiefs to play lighter boxes, and they just kept pounding the rock. Over and over and over. Unfortunately, the Chiefs defense did not stop the run particularly well this week. It seems to be another recurring trend, but chances are the offense is going to score a bunch. Chances are you're not going to be seeing so much of the run as the season goes along, but it's definitely going to be frustrated for Brendan Brendan Daly and Steve Spagnuolo as the season goes. 
it was refreshing early in the game to see the linebackers stepping up into their gaps, stepping up into clearly run lanes, filling their fits. Everything was looking well. As the game wore on, I'm sure the Chiefs defense wore down with no Chris Jones. Mike Dana ended up leaving the game early, so I'm sure some guys got a little tired. Some guys just were tired of being leaned on by a power run game for this long because the Patriots weren't giving it up. So that plays a part, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs defense started playing like we have accustomed to seeing from the last couple years. I think a big issue the Chiefs have right now, especially is when offenses decide to get behind a power run game, they get some of the double teams along the defensive line, take out the Mike Pinnells, the Derek Nottys, Frank Clarks, whoever you need to get out of the way. The linebackers just don't have the athleticism or quite the ability to make everybody else right. They don't have the ability to react quickly, get near the line of scrimmage and stuff runs when they aren't given a free clear path through one gap. Patriots started to exploit that kind of down the stretch there and you started to see some big runs get ripped off. Thankfully, the Chiefs offense is always going to be good enough to score enough points that you can't just run the ball forever and ever, despite the Patriots trying to pull a nine-minute drive off down two scores late in the fourth quarter. (laughs) It just doesn't work. But yeah, the run defense is still a work in progress. I think you see having Mike Pinnell back helps. Putting Willie Gay out there does help over Ben Neiman. Like, I will never take that back. Ben Neiman is just, he's on a whole different level of struggling out there right now. Talk about it. Talk about it. I don't need to get too much into it. I think we all know. I think Ben Neiman's a relatively smart player. He knows his responsibilities and coverage. I'm less sure he knows his responsibilities in terms of run fits, but if he does, that's fine. He's just not athletic enough to get there. And he is one of the worst tacklers I have ever seen. He is the Kyle Bowler of tacklers on the NFL field. That's an inside joke for like three friends of mine that we used (laughs) to make fun of how Kyle Bowler may be the only quarterback we've ever seen self-sack and fumble himself for like 12 yards in the middle of a football game. But it's reality. (laughs) Ben Neiman, he's just not good. Just not good. This is the fourth week in a row that he has missed a tackle that would have stopped the offense, killed a drive on third down. Fourth week in a row that he's out there in the dime, misses a tackle, and the drive continues. I I should have pulled up before we started how many of those were scoring drives. How many of those legitimately took point would have taken points off the board here? You can't have that. Your dime linebacker has to be able to make plays in space. That's why he's on the field, because he can cover ground, he can cover players because you're not expecting the run, and he can bring guys down in the open field. Ben Neiman cannot do that right now. Now you're getting me on one. And every single one of those, Ben (laughs) Neiman is chasing the player from behind, reaching with his short little arms, trying to pull them down by their jersey, because he can't take a good angle to get his hips out in front of them and come downhill. You ever watch Tyron Matthew make a tackle on a wide receiver catching a quick little speed out what's he do every time his hips are behind him and he's coming back towards the line of scrimmage you want to see Anthony Hitchens good plays when they're out on the edge it's his hips are behind him driving back towards the line of scrimmage Ben Neiman takes the flattest worst angle ever that he can't do clearly and then just reaches trying to grab a jersey and drag a player down but he can't reach them because he can't catch up to them and his arms are too short he does nothing for this defense other than he is a fumble recovering expert if there is a loose ball on the ground (laughs) he is gonna locate it and dive on top of it but in terms of making tackles pass breakups or anything he's doing nothing right now unfortunately like craig said though willie gay just looks too lost to even attempt to take over his position and they've clearly chose ben neiman over damian wilson or anthony hitchens in this dive backer role willie gay 
keep getting your reps, keep making your mistakes, get caught up so that week 13, week 14, maybe you can supplant Ben Neiman in the dime linebacker role. We got hope here. Just keep f- making your mistakes now. The Chiefs are 4-0 even though they're playing Willie Gay. And they're 4-0 despite Ben Neiman still not having his job taken away from him. So that's a good thing. Uh, Maddie, real quick, I think we just need – I want you to talk real quick about who teams are running away from so he can, so we can get him some love and maybe – yeah, just, just talk on it a little bit, please. Hint's trying to get me to rant right now, but it's not going to happen. I no, I don't want the- you to rant, but I kind of want you to rant. It's okay. Anybody that watched the game knows the best player when the Patriots offense out was out on the field was Frank Clark. He was very good in the run game. He made a few stops and every single time he's fighting through tackles or a tight end or somebody, he was effective in the pass rush game, even though the Patriots were trying to get the ball out quick and sending a lot of extra help his way, but he had a phenomenal game. The Patriots found most of the rushing success running away from him. Shocker. I know longtime listeners are used to hearing this going back to last season, but there's other people out there that seem to be a little less aware of how run fits work or how like you can't make a tackle when the ball's on the other side of the field of you, and they struggle to understand that. So I'm trying to say... Teams run away from Frank Clark for a reason, and they have success doing so. You go back and watch this game, go look who demands the most attention and who made the most plays. It's the same person. He's wearing jersey number 5'5", and guess what? His grade is going to somehow be lower than that. Ooh, probably. Um, <laughs> I Frank Clark made a beautiful play on a screenplay that didn't get enough love. A beautiful tackle for loss minus there. Minus two. Just minus... Uh, it might have been for negative two yards. You, I think you're right there, Kent. <laughs> but I, I don't think that. I, I think it's one of those games that you can look at the box score and be a little bit surprised. I think he had some good pressures. He forced a couple of incompletions with pressures. He had the great sack, hustle sack. Made a couple tackles for losses, couple tackles for short gains. He was really, really good. He is your full time stud defensive end on a game where Chris Jones wasn't here due to injury he needed to step up I feel like he did and I feel like opposite him rushing the passer Taco Charlton did as well we've talked about him plenty he's got plenty of juice we love him as a pass rusher I I think that we just need to see a little more consistent play opposite of Clark and they're obviously not trying to tucker him out like especially in games like this power run away from him all game long you got to get him some rotational reps you got to get guys in there and then the Patriots decided they wanted to pass on some of those downs and Frank Clark can't make an impact but he is clearly your most important player in the front seven let that man eat let him make plays all right let's switch to offense I think it's time Craig we went almost 20 minutes on your defense and they deserve it uh, everyone deserves it, even Ben Neiman. Uh, let's talk about the offensive side of the football, though, and we'll just start with this. I just saw this quote, Maddie. Uh, Haley Lewis, KSHB, Chiefs Patrick Mahomes talked about all the changes that happened in the last 48 hours and how it threw off some focus. Quote, when guys were open, it was like I couldn't find them. 
I think that, I mean, I believe him. I think Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to say looked lost, but he looked a little confused at times. There were times where his first read, second read were taken away. And it, I don't think he was necessarily flustered. He just didn't know where to go next with the ball. And I think that's a ton of credit to the New England Patriots. I think, yeah, I could see how all the changes over the last day, two days now, kind of threw everything off for the Chiefs or for everybody, not just the Chiefs, but the Patriots too, in terms of what they had to do on the field, getting ready to play. Like, I will absolutely buy that that made everybody play a little sloppier. That said, I'm not taking anything away from Bill Belichick and what the New England Patriots defense did. This wasn't like the Chargers game to me, where I think the Chiefs just played a vanilla game and they weren't that, had didn't have that good of energy. I think the Patriots just out-coached them and out-executed them in terms of their defense or the offense. It was just the Chiefs' talents too much to overcome for four quarters. But as far as Mahomes not being able to find guys that open, I'm sure they're out there. I'll have to kind of wait till the coach's film comes out to tell you for sure because from what I saw was a three-man rush landing home way more often than it should and there was rarely guys running free from what we could see in the broadcast view. I'm sure that there is somebody out there somewhere. I just think the Patriots had a fantastic game plan. Yeah, they really did. I think we've seen this out of Bill before. Chip, Travis Kelsey, dedicate a guy to basically breaking him down, taking away that safety valve from Mahomes, try and bracket Tyreek Hill over the top, and then try and beat the the Chiefs with three rushers. And it worked. Patrick Mahomes had pressure in his face from three rushers. The play that I'm sure we're going to talk about later here where Patrick Mahomes was sacked and they blew it dead was with three rushers. That's not great. That's not great for an offensive line there. I think we saw the offensive line had other struggles there, but Mahomes was just off. He had a duck that was dropped. He had another play that Sammy Watkins kind of quit on early in the game that was dropped. Still a bad decision, by the way. Yeah, still a bad decision. Yeah, but I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes probably should have had a couple interceptions tonight. And he made some poor throws. He made some poor decisions. He just wasn't the quite the same superhuman figure that we're used to seeing. My brother, <laughs> he made a, I was watching with him tonight. He made a really funny comment. He's like, Mahomes is really good at throwing like dropped interceptions. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like if Mahomes makes a mistake teams never capitalize on it it's just like so many dropped interceptions it's great um it was weird you know they rushed the right they rushed three a lot of the game he stepped up into the pocket a lot but it looked like when he was trying to like you know he wanted to try to operate and create out of structure outside you know the the, the patriots had guys in the flats ready for him you know i thought he actually did a pretty good job stepping up into the pocket the problem was there was nowhere to go after where with the football very often. Um, I <laughs> There was something that definitely, like, things just kind of fell off with them rhythmically, and this happens to this offense. I mean, the teams that can kind of disrupt the rhythm of the offense and the game have had success. So it's, you know, get them off the field, confuse them for a drive or two, long sustained drives, Gets them in. It, it, it's it's been proven. Like it, this, it gets that offense out of rhythm, and it takes them a little bit while to get going. They finally picked some things up late in that in this in this in the second half. They finally saw some stuff uh, start to work, but it took a while for them to get there. And the, I mean, the Patriots were 
controlling the ball pretty well, honestly. And it's weird because some of the stuff that the Chiefs make staples of their offense were working. You know, getting Tyreek Hill on some of those deep over routes, those red zone little pop passes underneath, Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the first couple drives out of the backfield. These things that are staples of the Chiefs' offense were working. It just wasn't consistent. And like I said, without getting to see everything, it's hard to tell exactly why or when or when it wasn't working. But what the Patriots did was rush three. It seemed like they had both outside linebackers on the edge kind of play a combo flat zone slash QB spy. They were just taking a hard contain rush on Patrick Mahomes if he slid to their side. If not, they almost just sat back in zone and waited for him. That added another person into coverage on top of having six defensive backs playing man coverage on outside receivers in Travis Kelsey, zone everywhere else. And it just seemed like the Chiefs had a hard time, like Kent said, getting into rhythm versus that defense. But what you did see, the Chiefs were able to pick up some big chunk plays against it because what they wanted to do when they got into their right plays, it did work at times. And that's just what makes the Chiefs so dangerous. I mean, we're also six inches away from Patrick Mahomes hitting Tyree Kill on a 40-yard bomb down the sideline. Good coverage. Good throw, too. We were just a couple inches away from getting another big play there. So On third and five. I hate that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. I hate low inter- percentage throws on third and five. Move the chains. Is an interesting time to call that up, but they probably thought that was their best chance to get Tyreek Hill not with a safety over the top of him. So, like, I get why you take the shot then the way New England was playing him. It's just some stuff worked. It just didn't work consistently. And like I said, I'm giving all that credit to the Patriots. I don't think the Chiefs were particularly super crisp, and I think that goes all the way up to Andy Reid. But I think it was more the Patriots being good than it was the Chiefs being bad. And you're not going to play Bill Belichick every week. That's the benefit of all this. You're not going to play the one guy who has prevented Patrick Mahomes from scoring a first-half touchdown. The only guy. He's done it three times. The only man to ever do that. I mean, Bill Belichick's a defensive genius. You're going to see him do more with less. And I think, you know, even us, we get hung up in some of this. You know, the linebackers are bad. Their pass rush isn't particularly good. Their secondary is good. But, you know, we look at some of these matchups and we say, listen, the Chiefs should have the advantage on some of these things. Bill Belichick does more with scheme than anybody else in the NFL. And we see that today. But like Matty said, you can't hold them down forever. The Chiefs eventually will get theirs. So the keys to beating the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes are have a Bosa or have a Belichick. Yep. Bingo. Uh, I have a small rant. That look. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go, look out for Steve Belichick to get a job with another team in the future as another organization that the Chiefs will have to look out for. But are you sure there's not another Bosa? Get ready to roll through Ohio State too? I really hope not. I don't want another Bosa out there. What are the Bosa's mom? What's the Bosa's mom up to? She probably she probably rushed the passer better than what Denver has right now. <laughs> oh man, the Bradley Chubb attack. Yeah, he's 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 fine. Uh, who's name the guy across from him? You can't. Nice try. Um, so I got a, I got a small rant, and I hope I don't get too down this rabbit hole. I told y'all this week that I thought the Patriots were going to play even boxes and challenge the Chiefs to just run the football. Well, second and long. No, it doesn't matter. Second and anything. Every second down. Almost. The entire game. Your Kansas City Chiefs 
ran the football. Even boxes didn't matter. The chief, the, the the Chiefs, their play calling is unbelievably predictable on second down. They are going to hand the ball to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They're not going to block it up, and it's going to get one yard. And then you're in a third and nine perpetually because they're getting confused on first down and Mahomes isn't completing passes. I am sick and tired of second and long runs. We are 25% through the season, and teams are baiting. The Patriots were baiting the Chiefs into running on second and long. They were playing even boxes and adding late to the box with some run blitzes, and it worked. And the Chiefs couldn't do anything. They could not run block hat for hat. They could not run block with those late additions, making plays at or behind the line of scrimmage. Stop running the ball on second down. I'm going to have an aneurysm. Equally as obnoxious to me is the Chiefs found a formula that worked in week one against the Houston Texans. And I get it. That's not the best defensive line or defensive front in the world, but they have some decent linebackers and J.J. Watt to contend with. You found success running left behind Eric Fisher and Kalecio Simley, your two best run blockers. Why do the Chiefs continuously try to run the ball right behind Andrew Wiley and Mitchell Schwartz, who are definitely not good at run blocking? Andrew Wiley is struggling. I think the I think the run blocking was better last week against the Ravens with Mike Rimmers in there. I just I don't understand the Chiefs' desire to keep running to the right. And maybe there was something they saw specifically about the Patriots. And it's not as simple as just run right, just run left. Like I want to make that very clear. But the Chiefs had a lot of success and seemed like they specifically chose to run behind Colecchio Assembly versus the Texans. Since then, they have not made that choice. They keep trying to run behind Schwartz and Wiley, and neither one of them are being able to create near as much room, to create near as much space. It was almost like clockwork. Anytime the ball was run to the right, Clyde would run into a group of guys just standing at the line of scrimmage, maybe get a yard. Run to the left, whether there was a ton of space or not, positive yards almost every single time run behind the better run blockers. You don't, there's a reason that Deion Yelder saw one target and Travis Kelsey saw like six. You're not going to force feed the ball to Deion Yelder when it's going to not be as good as going the other way. So quit running right three, four more times and you run to the left. Uh, that, that was frustrating. I think the fact that the Chiefs really didn't protect Mahomes great. When they were rushing three, I think the the front three was able to get generate a little bit more pressure than you'd like. Um, because I mean, we talked about it before the game. This is not like this isn't. There's not a Bosa over there. This isn't the this isn't the most dynamic pass rushing group. Yet that offensive line was able to generate pretty good pressure with three. That's not how you how you want things to go. You got to keep an eye on that moving forward. Hopefully the offensive line figures some stuff out a little bit better. Um, we also really haven't talked yet, Craig. She's got a little bit lucky a couple times. It kind of feels good to be on that side of it these days. Yeah, I, I don't know if a little bit is the right turn. <laughs> a lot lucky. Patrick Mahomes fumbled uh, a sack 
I, that that was very clearly not a play that should have been blown dead. I think anybody who I, I know a lot of Chiefs fans referenced the Derek Johnson, you know, Tennessee Titans play from the playoffs a few years back. If you were mad about that, you got to be mad about Patrick Mahomes, you know, basically doing that. The Chiefs got lucky there. Chiefs got a little bit lucky with, you know, some dropped interceptions as well. Yes, one of them came back. Ty, Tyra Matthew, that's not a pass interference call. Ball it, don't lie. Not, not in the context of this week's game with the way the Patriots were playing. So the Chiefs did get one a little bit back there. But there's definitely some situations this week where the Chiefs got lucky on some play calls. They got lucky on some bounces there. It's just very fortunate for the Chiefs to be on this side of the ball. And frankly... When you have the best player in the world, when he has proven he's the best player in the world, when you rack up multiple MVP awards, all of a sudden you start getting calls like this go your way. I know us Chiefs fans have hated all these other teams that we've played against. The Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's get these calls, get gifted these calls. This is going to start happening more and more. Frankly, it's just the way it is. They're going to protect Mahomes. They're going to call him down early. When he dives a little bit on the sidelines there, they're going to throw (laughs) the 15-yard flag. You're going to see some of that. And frankly, other fan bases should be pissed off that that's happening. But that's the long and the short of it. When you have elite players at that position, they get calls. Yep. And there's I have nothing else to add to that. That is the way it's been. We're Chiefs fans. We've lived through this with other teams throughout all of our lives or our fanhood. When you are the best team, when you have the superstars, you get calls. It's always going to be that way. It's that way in every single sport that exists. You are now the team that every other fan base hates because all the luck always seems to be on your side. The refs always seem to be on your side. If a pin drops or if a coin is dropped or flipped, it's going to land on your side every single time. That's what it is. You have become the villains now if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. And just accept it. Embrace it. Yeah, this. I, you know what? Hey, we've been through a lot here in Kansas City. We've earned every little bit of this. No regrets whatsoever. This is delicious. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Uh, New England Twitter, New England Reddit, New England Radio is a dumpster fire right now. They're blaming their 16-point loss on things that have nothing to do with the fact that their team isn't as good as ours. And that's just how it is. You love to see it. All right, guys, parting thoughts today on this game. Maddie, kick us off. My The biggest negative that I have from this entire game, and this is my only negative thing for parting thoughts, don't stop throwing the ball to Clyde Edwards-Alaire when it's working and the Patriots are investing four defenders to stop only two offensive weapons. It was a clear mismatch. It was obvious from the very first drive of the game, and the Chiefs completely abandoned it. I think that was kind of a weird call on their end, but they've done that a lot this year. I'm still looking out for the Chiefs to start using his pass-catching ability to its full potential. I think you saw that flash early in this game. I think it's coming, but outside that, Chiefs didn't play their best football game, but I don't think it was their fault. This wasn't like the Chargers. This isn't some big lesson teams can take and use against them. The Chiefs played the best defensive coach to ever exist, probably the best head coach to ever exist, and they still won by two scores. Accept it, love it, take it home, sleep tight and sound with that in mind. Oh, I will, Maddie. I will definitely. 
Um, uh, Chiefs defense on third downs this season continues to be pretty good. I think they're going to continue to rank in the top 10. That's great. I think they started the season slow in that regard last year. This was a tough four-game stretch, and they were able to come up on top with that. The other thing that we is criminally going to be criminally under-talked about here because the Chiefs won again, Harrison Butker's got to figure some stuff out. I don't like him missing all these extra points. I think that after that excellent game there, he has been just awful. I, I think that if he hadn't had that big game against the Chargers, drilling all those kicks, we would be talking about him being on the hot seat because this is very poor. Very, very poor. You missed extra points three weeks in a row. That's unacceptable. And then finally, one last bit of special teams analysis here. McCall Hardman got himself benched early as a punt returner, brought back on the field there for signaling for a fair catch there early on a play that he shouldn't have done that. And then he got too close to another punt. Son, get away from the punts when they're on the ground and have your head on tight there. I mean, those are mental errors that he just absolutely can't have and then he had a false start on offense too just a game to forget despite a good touchdown on a gadget play that's exactly how the Chiefs have been using him the entire time that he's been in Kansas City but uh, you, you gotta have your head on straight if you want to be on the field make contributions McCool Hardman's four deep balls a year from being DeAnthony Thomas um I uh I just have one thing to say after this 26-10 victory. It was really fun to watch Julian Edelman drop a pass in <laughs> miserable fashion and basically lose the game for the New England Patriots. Not once did I see that man celebrate. Future Hall of Famer Julian Edelman. Not once did I see that man get to stand up and celebrate a first down like he's a Duke bench warmer. Not once. And not only did he not get to celebrate a first down, but he just had a, a, a failure of a play that cost his team the game, and he should feel terrible because he was a key piece to his team losing that football game. I hope Julian Edelman stews on that for an extended period of time. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. That was a really uh, enjoyable way for the game to end. Some ball production. The defense played great. The, the offense, you know what it's capable of. Good things are coming, and it's always good when your team is 4-0. That's going to do it for the AP Laboratory postgame show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to be on the lookout for everything we've got going on the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel. We'll catch you later.